faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen is made from things that are not visible. This is the word of the Lord. When I was a young pastor, there was a man who began coming to church who was also an acquaintance of mine through another friend from work. It was lovely to see him and Mark and I took him to coffee and he said that his mom had passed away and he was looking for something to give him meaning for everything that he was experiencing inside. He said he was trying out church because our mutual friend had suggested it. He wanted to believe in Jesus, but was having a difficult time because he was not raised that way. And this was kind of a foreign concept. Our mutual friend had been talking to him a lot and telling him, just have faith. Kind of like, what's wrong with you? Just have faith, just believe. He was confused by this because... They were suggesting something that was very difficult for him to do. He said, it felt like someone was setting him up on a blind date and telling him to commit for the rest of his life after only knowing this person for just a little while. I said that was a good description. He said he was trying to know God, but he just, he just couldn't get there. I was thinking of this friend as I was studying our passage this week. Because what is the nature of faith? How do we come to the point, some of us, where we surrender all that we are to the Lord? What does faith mean? How do we know when we're growing in it or when we're losing it? Our writer gives an incredible frame about it, which is both an encouragement and a challenge. Hebrews 11.1 is often quoted as a standalone definition of what faith is. And that's fine to do. And sometimes we all need isolated scriptures to remind us of the truth that we need in doubt and in struggle. This is a profound idea in all of scripture because it's so good. But we are now scholars in the book of Hebrews, you guys. And we need to examine these verses in light of what we have been discussing these many weeks because faith is an integral, integral idea in the entire book of Hebrews, not just this piece. So let's remember what it is that we have been learning, that Christ is greater than the angels. Christ is greater than Moses. Christ is greater than the law, than any of the high priests who came before him, than the prophets. Christ is the best sacrifice. He is the mediator of the greater covenant between God and humanity. He is the ultimate and best promise given to us. And he reigns from the throne room of the most high God, victorious over sin and death. Last week, we talked about what do we do with warnings in our lives? Because chapter 10 has some of the strongest words found in the entire Bible about the impending danger of God's judgment for those who continue in sin. And at the end of that section, literally just the verse before these words, in a letter where there were no chapter breaks, our author says that the righteous live by faith. 
And the author is telling them to fully engage with Jesus so they can endure, so they can receive the promise offered to them. And then he says this, but we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. To fully engage means to have faith, to bring salvation. Faith is a key word in Hebrews that occurs 33 times. And in this context, faith is about perseverance. How easy it would be to just let go, to give up, to not have to think about faith, to not have to worry about it, to just do whatever feels great and looks good at the time, to stop enduring in a world that continually wears us down. But the writer continues to press in themselves. This writer is persevering to make their case that life in Christ yields the best the best for us, the greatest for us here and in eternity. And in the weeks to come, we're going to be talking about a lot of examples from the old covenant of people who persisted in their faith. Because the author is trying to say, if you desire to keep continuing in the Lord, there are so many good examples for you. We're going to talk about all of those examples and a few even from among ourselves So we're going to break down this passage into four parts, briefly talking about each one. We're going to talk about those with faith, one, accept what God says. Those with faith, trust God without any visual evidence. Those with faith receive his approval, and those with faith acknowledge his power. God is the object of our faith, and he has to be the center of any definition we have. So first, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Those with faith accept what God says. I love the word assurance. Can we just stop and think about that word for a second? The Holy Spirit is the one who assures us of the faith that we have. There's more to this word here, and we're going to talk about that. But we have assurance when we have faith in Christ. God comes to us and encourages us and gives us the assurance that we need. Faith is not something that we make up. It's not something that we wonder where God is by ourselves. It's never a solo endeavor. We know from scripture that the Lord is the one who helps us in all things, including what it means to trust in him. It's never entirely up to ourselves. But how often do we feel that way? How often do we feel like if we just could find him, we're so by ourselves out there, if we could just find this elusive God that we can't name sometimes or even see. But before we even have a thought, God is rushing in to surround us and to draw us close to give us his spirit so that we can know him. In the Greek, the word assurance is translated as substance, which means to stand under or support. So the writer Warren Wiersbe says this, faith is to a Christian what a solid foundation is to a house. It gives us confidence and assurance that we will stand We stand on the word of the Lord and put our trust in him, even when faith means believing something to be true when there isn't full evidence in the world that proves that it is. 
And faith here is the assurance of what is hoped for. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the past. We're going to be talking about people who had faith in the Lord, like Abraham and Moses and all kinds of people. But when we have faith, we have to talk about what's in front of us. We don't just talk about what has been behind us. We talk about faith in the life to come because faith is the reward and the promise yet to be realized. This week, for lots of reasons, I've been thinking about those who have gone to heaven before us. I often say at a memorial service how the person who died is living the reality of the faith that they professed in this life. We can faintly discern the realm of God while we're on earth, but what a joyful life awaits us. One that we are made for, one that we are longing to have. Some of the reasons why we have the most discontent in our lives and the most sadness is because we're longing for a world that we were made for, but we haven't quite realized it yet. We're made for the place of, of God's dwelling, so we mourn the difficulty. We lament the separation but we don't want to miss what is being said here. Without the hope of a great future, the past has no meaning and the present doesn't have a point. The writer here is assuring us of something that matters. The message is what we are living for matters in our walk with Jesus more than anything here. Second, faith is the conviction of things not seen, meaning those with faith trust God without any visual evidence. The original word here for faith is el ekos, and this is the only place that it occurs in the New Testament. It's more of a common word in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. It occurs 30 times there, mostly in wisdom literature. And the connotation there is negative. It's a rebuke. It's a, it's a, it's a reproof. Here in regular Greek, it's commonly translated to mean proof or evidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Isn't that a lovely idea? That means to not have visual proof, but to believe anyway. But I also think about it in a different kind of way, that those who have faith are the visual proof that God exists. That where you go, that you take God with you because he lives in you. So that when you go into the world, you carry the evidence that Christ is real. Isn't that a great idea? Amen. Faith means to trust in the kingdom of God and to believe with certainty that the realm is as true as anything we know on earth to be physically part of. There's a bold confidence that comes with the revelation of God's truth through Jesus, through our personal stories, through the greater realities that can't be known with our own limited understanding. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 8. We groan inwardly as we wait for adoption the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Lana, like you said, we wait in hope with patience for things to come to fruition, for a better day for people that we love, maybe even for ourselves. This is a supernatural understanding that only the Holy Spirit can help us to know. And we think about what the author is trying to say. He's trying to say, please endure in this life. 
Please have faith in this life. Those who have gone before you have known great, unbelievable oppression. Nick talks about people in Iran. We think about people who live today in bombed out Syria or the students and the teachers of our friend Carmen who are regularly being abducted in Nigeria. Those who don't have enough food or water or freedom or right. Those who live in constant fear or chronic pain or toxic relationships or in financial struggle. All of us feel the weight. And we're asked to have faith in the middle of that, to see God's goodness, to keep living even when there is no opportunity in front of us sometimes. The English Bible teacher Arthur Pink uses the analogy of two people standing on the deck of a ship, looking out into the same direction. One of them sees nothing but the horizon, and the other seems, sees a distant steamer and the difference is, is that the first person is looking only with their own eyes, but the second person is looking through a telescope. And Pink says, faith is the telescope that brings the future promises of God into our present time. Faith enables us to see the unseen world that we cannot see on our own. Third, by faith, our ancestors received approval we're going to talk a lot about this in the coming weeks. But what this is saying is that faith pleases God. How is it that our faith pleases God? When we have faith, we are like him. Dr. Bob Gundry said something interesting about this point. He said, faith is God's agent in how he bestows approval. One of the verses I've held on to in my whole life since I was a teenager comes from Genesis 15, where it says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Even when there is every evidence to contradict what God was saying, Abraham chose to put his faith in God. Even when there was nothing of the promise that God had for him, Abraham kept being obedient kept moving forward when he must have been angry sometimes or grieving or doubtful that anything would change. I don't know why this verse has always spoken to me, but I've seen it as such comfort, maybe because of the connection between Abraham and God that is real and touches my heart and is something that I have always longed for. Maybe it's because it's one way that righteousness can be defined Maybe it's because of the simplicity of it. Belief in God. Listen to what he says. Try to understand how his plans go beyond anything that you can see or comprehend. God is known in our beliefs and in our holiness. And those two things are tied together. That we are never separated from the Lord when we engage in faith and worship. He is at once the object of our worship and the one drawing us close to himself. Think about the intersection of faith and righteousness in your life. How is faith an agent of how you please God? And how is the spirit making you more in the image of Jesus? Lastly, our author says it is by faith that we acknowledge God's power in the world. 
We understand God as creator. Here the writer is giving us the classic Judeo-Christian theology that his community would have widely embraced, that God brought the visible created order into being out of nothing. Solely by his word, God made the entire universe. God is sovereign and has dominion over everything. He is known by his mighty and artistic hand in the beautiful way he has crafted the universe. This isn't as much about science as much as it is about God's greatness and the truth that nothing exists without him. And if he is creator, then it naturally follows that God is also savior, that he also is the king of glory. Because why create something for no other purpose? Why create something except for people to enjoy and to know him and to walk with him, that we can know his character and see his hand? This is about God's world that we just sang about and our humble acceptance of this in faith helps us understand how we are his beloved children and caretakers of all that God sustains. Warren Wiersbe says again, the world fails to realize that faith is only as good as its object, that the object of our faith is God, that faith is not some feeling we manufacture, but our response. Faith is our response to what God has revealed in his world. Faith is more than just saying we believe. Jesus says, even the demons believe. The question is, what do we do with what we believe? This verse in Hebrews is one definition of faith. We can think of other examples that what faith looks like in the New Testament. Faith is in the centurion who sent word to Jesus about his sick servant saying, you don't even need to come. Just could you say the word and heal him from far away? And Jesus says, I tell you, even in all of Israel, I have not found such faith. It's in the Gentile woman who came to Jesus pleading for her daughter to be healed, refusing to be put off. And Jesus says, woman, great is your faith. May it be done as you desire. Faith is Thomas thinking that every one of the disciples were going to perish if they followed Jesus, but proclaiming how they all needed to go to Jerusalem with him anyway. Faith is Peter being arrested for preaching the gospel and saying to his captors, we have to obey God more than men. You can tell us to stop preaching the gospel, but we can't. Faith is Martha weeping that her brother has died, but affirming that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God before he has raised. It's Paul on the road choosing to turn his life around when he sees and hears God. I would like to tell you that my friend found the Lord and put his full faith in Jesus. That didn't happen. Although several of us came alongside of him, in the end, he just couldn't do it. Couldn't put his trust in God. The, the idea of faith was too ethereal, too hard for him to grasp. And that situation and others liked it have caused me to wrestle with the nature of faith and what it means when Jesus says that those who seek him will find and I prayed, Lord, can't you just show this guy who you are? Can you just prove? 
that you're God? And the Lord said, oh, Colleen, <laughs> yes, I have, and yes, I will, and yes, I did, and people didn't believe me when I came. And in all of that, the Lord said, I need you to continue being a witness and continue showing your faith, even when people won't believe, even when people will walk away from my love. Because God is good, even when people don't trust him, or there are no grapes on the vine, or no oil, as Habakkuk has said. Faith isn't something that we make up. It's something that we engage with, a holy God. It's not head knowledge that stays the same. It changes and grows as our relationship with the Lord is never static. It's always based on what we know to be true about God and ourselves and the world around us. It's a choice that we make to trust. What does faith look like in your life? It looks like worship. It looks like prayer. It looks like enduring in the face of opposition. It looks like repentance. It looks like serving other people. It looks like choosing to love and do the right thing even when you don't want to. Faith is believing that Christ is the light of the world even when darkness is all around us. It's wanting to grow and become a different person and more like the God who made us. It's longing to see the outpouring of God's spirit in the lives of others so that they can be healed, so that they can know the transforming grace of Christ. Faith is outworking our faith in Jesus, who is the object of our faith, and it is knowing him that gives us meaning and the frame for everything that we do. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Let us exercise our faith in Christ and turn to him now in prayer, listening to what he wants to say to us, knowing he will continue to draw us close and strengthen our faith. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.